Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Good vibe going on in uh, Cleveland last night, Joe. That was cool. Yeah. I like having uh, I liked the Browns before the year a lot. You did. You so picked have, them to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I have a Obviously, lot of... Obviously, they had a lot of changes since then. Yes, including quarterback, but which is good for this because I have a lot of future bets on Cleveland, and that was because I thought they'd be good. I didn't want to root for them. It's a lot easier to root for them now with Joe Flacco at quarterback versus Deshaun Watson, so... Yeah, like I knew that it was bad for the Bills last night, but it was hard to not watch that game and just kind of be like, this is kind of cool seeing the Jets realize their mistake up close and personal, that this guy was just out there and available and they didn't even call him. You say it was bad for the Bills. It wasn't great, but I don't think it was bad. It wasn't that bad. They just can't get the five now. Which is, Right, and, you know, and, and of course, if the if the Browns had lost, it does bring another team into play you can catch maybe. Yeah. Which that's why it would be bad, but I think we all kind of assume the Browns are getting that last spot anyway, or that first yeah. spot. I'm sorry, and then and then you're really fighting for one of two spots. Yeah, I, I didn't think. Yeah, that either of these teams really were in much danger to miss. For me, it would have been more of well, if you can, if you have to play on the road because Miami beats Baltimore, you know, as much as Kansas City looks vulnerable, playing the AFC South winner seems pretty tasty right now too. So that would have been the benefit, but right, like. And that's even if there is a big difference right now between playing the Jaguars and playing the Chiefs. Cleveland can still get the one seed. Yeah, that's crazy. They need Baltimore to lose both, and they need to win the final game. Which, I mean, and they need the Bills to beat the Dolphins. So they need yeah. a bunch of things to happen. The least likely is Pittsburgh beating Baltimore, but that's already happened this year. Pittsburgh beat Baltimore in like a weird. And beat. Cleveland beat Baltimore. Remember the comeback? 
They, they had a comeback. Did. They were down like 20, weren't they? Something something like that. Yeah. So they they're locked they're they're locked into the 5 if they don't do that. Cleveland, right? Yeah, they, they, they could be the 1, the 2 or the 5. Okay. Yeah. What's the All right, so from a Bills perspective, well first of all, Cleveland then at the 5 they're almost guaranteed to play at the AFC South winner. It's, right? Yeah, I mean, like that certainly. is, yes. it's got to be like 95% even at this point. Well, the only thing that could happen, I believe, to them, because, again, the catching Baltimore is not that likely for them. The only way they're not traveling to me, the, the other way they're not traveling to the AFC South winner, is if Kansas City loses one of their final two games they could fall into the four. And if either the Jags, Colts, or Texans win their final two, mm-hmm. they'll jump the they'll jump the Chiefs. That would be amazing. Yeah, but Kansas City would have to lose, I think it's just one of the two. Well, let's just say it's the AFC South winner. Cleveland at the AFC South winner. You yep. going with Cleveland in that game? Cleveland winning that game? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. How they, dangerous do the Browns become? I th- if they get that path, because that's the path you want, right? If, of all yeah. the wild card paths you want the five because you have to go through the AFC South winner which doesn't seem as daunting as right. Kansas City yeah <laughs> Miami Buffalo or Baltimore yeah so how dangerous do you become then do they become from the five I think they're very dangerous I think they're more I think right now the path helps too with that AFC South matchup if they get it right I think they are more dangerous right now than the Chiefs are it's a good I mean it's a good thought. Their defense both defenses are really good, but the Browns defense is probably like top two, top three. Who's a better offense right now? And the, that was, the Browns it, or the Chiefs? Again, I think the I think the Browns are I think so too. How how can you say they're not? I mean right. their last what is it, like three games offensively would be like the best three games of the Chiefs season on offense. Except for like they, wild, they have the man. one bear game they played. But they've scored thirty seven, thirty six it was 20 against the Bears. It was 31 against the Jaguars before that. So three of their last four, they've scored 30 points with Joe Flacco, a quarterback. How many times have the Chiefs scored 30 points all year? Is it three the same? I'll look right now. Chiefs all year. How many times? 41 against the Bears. Yep. 31 against the Chargers. 31 against the Raiders. That's it. Three. Okay, so the Chiefs have three 30-plus performances all year. The Browns have three in their last four. Wow. Yeah, they're... They're more dangerous. The the thing to me is, do how you many think do the Bills have? Thirty point performances. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Miami, Dallas. Without looking, thinking of any more, I'm gonna guess like four, six, six, six. Okay. Raiders, Commanders, Dolphins, Eagles, right? Jets, Eagles, Cowboys, right? It's pretty good. The uh, the only thing is, will Flacco get figured out? Like is this how real is this? Mm-hmm. He's not gonna do this. He's throwing for he's throwing for three hundred twenty yards a game. Mm-hmm. Like that's not gonna continue. But can he do eighty percent of that? Or is it gonna be like is it gonna be Josh Dobbs where he was lighting the league on fire for three weeks and then everyone realized oh wait this guy's a backup quarterback we can we can figure this out. And the difference here is sometimes you get a sometimes you get a new guy come in and he does something like this and you're like yeah and then the league catches up. This is a guy there's literally like. 15 years of film on him already. Right. So and how did you, like, what, what, why haven't you looked and seen what he does or doesn't do? He's a great play action guy. They have a really good offensive line. We know that. 
And that's huge and, for him. And they can run. That's huge for him because yeah. he's that that one play yesterday with Sanding. He's not mobile much at all. He never really was. And now thirty eight, not he definitely isn't. Right. Um. It is funny that the biggest play they had on offense last night though was he's running away from pressure out of the pocket and like it's almost like a Josh Allen play where he throws it back across his body to the running back. He's got some confidence right now, clearly, if he's making that throw. By the way, last night, watching that game, so frustrating with the Jets having so many opportunities in the second half. I kept thinking, they could come back here. They played a really good second half, except they could not convert on third and fourth down. Like, they got the ball, they got the ball, they got the ball, they got in the red zone, they got in the red zone, and they would make a critical mistake. The Jets in the second half totally outplayed the Browns. Totally. Not and they gonna, could not do anything. I'm glad you said that because I'm not going to lie. I've been going through the not not the motions today, but uh, through the morning. I did not watch really any of that second half. Oh like, my god, I, Joe! I, the I second half, the, the, the Jets dominated the second half. Yeah, they just couldn't score. Mm-hmm. They only scored three in the second. It half. was unbelievable. I think it, they. I think I read this. Could be wrong. I think they put a graphic up. First game in NFL history with over 50 points in the first half and no touchdowns in the second half. Over. Wait, one more time. Over 50 points in, in the, the first half. Okay. There was 51 points scored in the first half. And there was six. No touchdowns in the second half. Yeah. That's, that's insane. Right? Yeah. I mean, Flacco was on pace for 600 yards at one point. Not not even one point. Halftime. Halftime. The Jets were on pace for over 700 yards of offense. Right. I mean, sorry. The Browns. The Browns were on pace for over 700 yards of offense. In a game where you might have thought that's like two of the top three defenses in football. And the first half was like, it hit the over. Didn't it hit the over in the first half? I think it did. I mean, I'm looking. So, set, yeah, so first half, real quick. First half statistics, okay? Jets had a, uh, Browns had, excuse me, a total of, let me give you, oh, I have the wrong one here. Let me pull this up. Okay, first half. Here we go. First half, Browns, 367 yards of mm-hmm. offense. Jets, 163. Overall for the game, you have to subtract it then to figure out. Browns had, here we find this one here. Where is the overall game? Uh, let me get this. Sorry. Oh, there we go. Okay. Sorry, hitting the wrong button there. Okay. Overall for the game. So 367 in the first half. In the overall for the game, 428. What's 428 minus 367? They had like 70 yards of offense. Yeah. Jets had 163, 200 yards, like 270. It in is, the second half. It is worth mentioning here that the Browns did what, what's amazing is they did what they did in the first half without their number one wide receiver, Amari Cooper, right. who was like... And then Elijah Moore went out. And then Elijah Moore went out. So it's worth mentioning, like, keep an eye on their receivers because, you know, if they have to start playing with banged up number one and number two wide receivers, that, that could impact them. That could be a, way, a place that they regress here. Um because if they're healthy, like that's not the you know it's not the the Hill Waddle combo, or it's not Chase and Higgins, but that's a real that's a good that's a good core weapons they have. It's not elite, but in Joku too added into that. Yep, like they've got some good weapons, and two thirds of their top three are out right now. It is a Buffalo football Friday here on WGR. It's a Friday extra point show. Sal Capaccio, Sneaky Joe DiBiase, and our Football Fridays are always brought to you by Tops Markets. Score big savings and elevate your food game. Even though it's a Buffalo Football Friday, we will check in with Paul Hamilton at the bottom of the hour. I do not want to go to the weekend without at least setting it up for the Sabres. Tyson Jost on waivers. We'll find out more today what the roster moves might be going forward with Tage Thompson's situation, the Columbus Blue Jackets in town, and the Sabres in 
kind of crisis mode here, which they have been, but we'll see what happens because now is the time. They have to make up some points over this next schedule, Joe, uh, the next 10 games or so. They have to get some points here in the next few weeks. They need... A lot of points. They, they got to take, take advantage of this schedule coming up is what I'm trying to say. So yeah. we'll do that today, Paul. Sean McDermott joins us for his weekly radio appearance just after 11 a.m. today, sometime between 11 and 11.15. We'll have Sean McDermott. want to get to the roster of the, the Bills in a second because they made a roster move yesterday, and one is probably on the horizon today or tomorrow. And also, though, we Pat Hammer is unavailable today to join us, but don't worry because WGRZ TV meteorologist Kevin O'Neill is going to join us today. And Kevin's going to fill in for Pat, and we really appreciate that. And he'll join us just about 11.35, as usual, here on a Buffalo Football Friday. How many points do they need out of their next 10, you think? Look at that schedule. I was just looking at their schedule. They're playing do – they, I don't, I don't, do they, they don't play a single playoff team, I don't think. Oh, Vancouver. Um, Until need... you get to, like, the Lightning. The Lightning's the 10th game, I think, coming up. Yeah. Right? So in that stretch uh, – So um, next nine. Next nine, let's say. Yeah. Their next nine, where they play eight eight teams um, outside the playoff picture, and six are at home, by the way. What do they need? I mean, they need so much. I think they need, like, they need 15 of 18. They, they need, they need a, they, that's what they need. I mean, that's you're the right. hole they've dug. It's incredible. If you're going to make the playoffs this year, which is a super tall task because of what's happened, they're going to need a, a run like that. Somewhere. And with the amount of home games they have and the quality of opponent, I think it's got to happen. It's got to happen. You'll, you'll still be out of it after that even. If you go 15 of 18 points, you'll still be out of the playoff picture. But it will feel like but you're you'll in, be in the mix. Yeah, I feel like you're in the race at least. And right. that's, that's step one. Get back into a race. I don't know that it'll happen, by the way. I'm not very confident. Well, that's what they did last year. They did. I mean, they got back in the race last year. They ultimately missed by one. Yeah. But they had. I remember last year we were talking, and we'd have Paul on, and basically it was you have so many teams you have to jump. They actually got on a little run. They did jump a bunch of teams. If you just keep winning, you don't have to worry about the teams you have to jump. Just keep winning. That's what it comes down to. It's like the Bills. Like there's all these teams, but if you keep winning, it doesn't matter. Like you'll just eventually jump these teams, and that's where the Sabers are right now. But they got to do it now. There's there's no waiting until January, February anymore. Well, I should say February, March. Yeah. The thing is, last year they had already started their run. Um, it oh. was really the whole month of December. Got you. They went, doing some quick math here, they went 10-2-1 between <laughs> December 4th and January 7th. That's that's about a month. January, December 4th and January 7th last year, they went 10-2-1. That's the stretch we're talking about. They need that. And it's already later in the season than when that began last year. So... This is the stretch. If it doesn't happen here, I mean, you can declare the season over whenever you want, and I have no problem with anybody doing that already. Um, but it'll certainly be, feel true if, if they can't you know, beat up on some bad teams finally, which they haven't been able to do all year. Let's get connected with our fans today in a Buffalo Football Friday. It's brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at NorthtownKia.com. Matt, go ahead, buddy. You're on the air. What's going on? Hey, guys. Uh, TGIF, and uh, happy early New Year's to both of you. Yeah, you too, buddy. Thank you. Um, you know, sitting here watching the Browns, it just it, it honestly kind of has me stunned because you have a quarterback who is literally sitting on his couch for 
I don't know how long, how long has he hasn't been in the NFL, how long has he even really played a game for like, I don't know, a year, two years, whatever. He played last year, right? Didn't Joe Flacco play last year? Yeah, Matt, he was on the Jets roster last year, but yeah, it, it had been it had been almost a full calendar. You're right, year. you're right. Yeah. Right, but he wasn't necessarily starting like right. that many games. I mean, it was only a couple. He played a couple games, whatever. Yeah, because right. he was terrible when he came in. But, um, you know, he goes to Cleveland, and all of a sudden they're turning into like the greatest show on grass or whatever they have <laughs> up there. But it's, uh, it's like stunning. And I'm sitting here watching this stuff going on where he's throwing the ball all over the field, like to everyone. And I'm sitting here thinking, looking at the Bills and like, what is going on with the Bills where we've turned into, like, a short passing game that never tries to throw the ball more than, like, you know, 15 yards downfield anymore? And it's kind of like, what are what is Stefanski doing that we're not doing offensively where we have basically almost, like, turned the Bills into this, like, boring, like, predictable uh, offense where we just take, like, these short plays and never try and stretch the field other than, like, a crazy scramble drill or maybe a throw here and there um and it's like cleveland's doing like whatever they want with a 38 year old quarterback that's been on the on the couch for like a year and you know that's what i think is you know even though we're scoring some points like Mm -hmm. the jets game you know philadelphia philadelphia is probably the closest that we've had to you know the offense looking like what we're used to seeing with the offense but it just seems like the there's something that's just missing from the offense. I know they're trying to run the ball more, um, all that, but I don't know. It just yep. seems like there's something missing with the offense that other teams seem to be having no problem finding. Yeah, some teams, not not all. Um, if you want to compare them to the Browns, by the way, I still think the Bills are a better offense than Cleveland. I know Cleveland's had better results lately, but the biggest difference to me – and. This doesn't always have to mean better. It can just mean different. Cleveland's whole offense appears to be, lately, they run the ball well because they have one of the best, if not the best, offensive line in football. And because of that, and because of the makeup of their quarterback and their coordinator, who did this in Minnesota, too, they love play action. It's like the core the core piece of their passing game. They're not a team that can just line up Flacco in the in the spread with five wideouts, I don't think, and have a great day offensively. So they have to do it in a different way. You ask about down the field. I would want to point to the difference in their wide receiver cores mm-hmm. and even at tight end in that the Bills, who's their fastest wide receiver? Is it Deontay Hardy? Like They don't really have that elite speed. And Cleveland, like they've like Diggs. I, I, let, let me say it this way, maybe. Go ahead. Cleveland's number one wide receiver is a downfield threat. Yes. Amari Cooper. Yes, he is. Amari Cooper is fourth in the NFL in yards per catch. Yep. Like, their number one, their guy they go to is a guy who can really stretch the field. The Bills don't have that in Stephon Diggs. They have a great number one in Stephon Diggs. That's not his game. Diggs was that in Minnesota, coincidentally, and a little bit at the beginning with the Bills. But, right, he's never been like... Well, I don't... He was that. He, he was that for a time in his career. But I don't know that he still is that has that capability. We know Cooper has it, and then the guys behind that, I just honestly just kind of look at raw speed. Elijah Moore is a four three five guy. He ran a four three five at the combine. He's a speed receiver. Behind him, Cedric Tillman ran in the four fours. 
Uh, or excuse me, he was right at a 4-5. So, you know, he might be closer to Davis. James Prochet, speed guy. They're depth guys. David Bell, a little bit more contested catch. How about Marquise Goodwin? They, they, that's like their depth guy. Like They have a speed element, a requirement in their receiving core. And at tight end, David Njoku is much more of a downfield guy than especially Dalton Kincaid. Um, Knox, you know, maybe in his career has been comparable in some aspects, but Njoku has sp- tons of speed, for tons of athleticism for the tight end position. You see him running down the field all the time. To me, it's kind of personnel-based. I don't know, the Bills might want to do some of what Cleveland does, and they can't. And I'm sure Cleveland would love to do a ton of what the Bills do, right. and they definitely can't. Yeah, there, there, there's a point to be made here, Matt, I think, and what you bring up is not incorrect. But I think there's a point to be made here that each team has to operate differently given their personnel and who their quarterback is. And I'm good with what the Bills have right, right now. You know what I mean? But, but think about last year, like the last eight games when Allen was dealing with that UCL injury. Mm-hmm. How many, like deep shots we were seeing like every game we were seeing like deep long deep throw touchdowns to like digs especially was hitting like tons of deep passes um he scored a couple of in miami games specifically in the playoffs miami game in the end of the regular season the patriot game he was getting like 50 60 yard bombs from allen like almost every game and that just seems to completely have gone away this year. Yeah, they haven't tried it as much this year. I, I don't know. And, you know, I don't know. I, I, I do think what, what Joe brings up is right, which is they don't have necessarily the personnel. And the guy that the one that the guy that can do it, Deontay Hardy, doesn't play that much because he doesn't have as much of a route tree or for whatever reason they don't. Yeah, Dave like, Davis is part of this, but he yeah. has a lot of yards per catch. But that's not the guy that you're relying on to, to, to do this a lot. Right. And maybe that's. The point here is if Davis doesn't, this is more of a, not a now talking point, but a future of if Davis isn't on this team going forward, they're going to need a downfield threat. And you might hope that they go for one. Like Davis has good ability to get open downfield. He's done it his whole career, but it's not like a, he's just, you know, he has to do it in different ways. You know, like sometimes it's, he's not all the way open at the time of the throw, but he gives you that little, the big body, and maybe sometimes he'll go a little bit of a stiff arm on the corner, and he'll get that little bit of separation right at the end as the ball is arriving. So he does manage in physical catches he makes. The Micah Fitzpatrick one last year. He finds a way to do it down the field once in a while. But, yeah, they don't have, they don't have even an Elijah Moore where... He's not the best player in the world, but one-on-one man coverage, if he gets the first step on you, he's gone. He's past you. And the Bills don't really have a guy where you just know, oh, if he wins the first step, he's past you. I think that I think like last night too, they also got quite a few yards after catch. Like that and Joku play right at the yeah. start of the game. I mean, right? that's something Ford that, play at yeah. running back was so, nuts. so let's remember that too. It's yeah. not like they're taking all these deep shots all the time, Matt. They are getting a lot of yards after catch, which helps, and that's something that's been missing from the Bills. I want it too. Like I, I do. Like when yeah. when we show up to draft time, I'm going to be yelling about wanting a fast receiver that can open up stuff yep. down the field. For now, you got to take what you got, and I do think there's enough. Despite the fact they don't have that burner, they don't have as much down the field as you might want. I do think they have enough. I think they've got enough with with Shakir showing up mid-season here and Kincaid hopefully getting back to what he was doing mid-middle of the year, Cook developing in the past game. You know, they, they just got to get Diggs. If, if they get Diggs going, I think I think they will have enough to go all the way. Steve in Virginia is up next. Hi, Steve. 
Hey, good morning, gentlemen. How are you doing today? Good, thank you. Hey, so I had a question about Kyrie Elam and then yep. also about the uh, Sabres as well. Mm-hmm. Um, with uh, Elam, he reminds me of Aaron Williams. I know we drafted him in the uh, second round, first two years with the team. He struggled with consistency. And then they moved him, I believe, in the third season to safety. He did really well, and they even gave him a contract extension. So do you think that's a possibility with uh, Kyrie Elam maybe next year? Because um, I know we're going to be down possibly pointing higher next year. You never know. I mean, I think there were different circumstances here. Aaron Williams moved because he just wasn't fluid enough to play cornerback. That's not the case with Kyrie Elam. Kyrie was a fantastic athlete. It seems like his issue is understanding concepts more than anything. Um, so I think there's an issue there. And safety can be even tougher in a lot of regard when you're talking about that. So I don't know. I mean, Benford would be more of the candidate here mm-hmm. than Elam if you're going to do that. But I wouldn't rule anything out. The way I'd want to say it is, I think you might be right. Benford, I would think, is more likely to be successful at safety. Yes. But I also don't want to take him away at corner two right now. No, me neither. So I would not, because of what you said, I would not expect Elam at safety to go well. I don't think you're going to magically find a five-year starter there like they did with Williams. But I'm also at a point where if he's not going to start at corner, I almost would be willing to like, hey, let's just try it just to see. Yeah, I, I, I totally get that. So maybe, Steve, but I doubt that's the case. But you never know. I mean, they'll figure that out in the offseason. What's your Sabres question? Um, since the Pagulas took over the team, it seems majority of like their GMs and head coaches are first timers. And unfortunately the results have been showing outside of Ted Nolan, they've had, you know, first year head coaches and same thing with the general managers going from like Murray, Bottrell, and now Adams. Um, do you think it's time for them to bring in experienced season general managers and coaches to get them to the next level? Well, I would say, first of all, Bilesmo was not a first year. And even Ralph Kruger had a head coaching stint before Buffalo. They have had a couple. The overall point is right. A lot of inexperience, especially GM, even at coach, Housley, mm. Don Granado. It's not normally a point I like, but I'm at a point with them where it's kind of like Elam for, for his first question. Try whatever you can. Anything you haven't done. And you're right, you've done it a little bit. But you haven't done it as much. So, yeah, if they want to go at some point, we're talking about them moving on from a GM and a coach, and someone wants to tell me they should hire Bruce Boudreaux or they should hire, you know, Craig Berube or Brian Burke, a general manager. Guys that just normally I hate the idea of because we just go round and round with them all the time. Uh, There's no idea I think I would say I might say no to. Paul Hamilton to talk about the Sabres coming up next year on the Extra Point Show on a Buffalo Football Friday with a little bit of hockey mixed in today on WGR. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's Paul Hamilton. That's what they called me in college. It's the bone. He has the facts to back up his opinions. People ask me, well, how are the Sabres going to win tonight? I don't have a clue. On WGR Sports Radio 550. We welcome our guy, Paul Hamilton, in right now. And, of course, Paul's appearances on WGR brought to you by Equitable Advisors. Planning for your future is more than just money. Let Equitably, Equitable be your guide. And by Raylax Honda, Raylax, we got this. Paul, you are covering practice, apparently. I hear it in the background. What's going on behind you today? Well, not Sabres yet. They're not okay. on the ice till 11. I'm actually looking at a skate-and-shoot pickup game right now. <laughs> oh, join in. Join in. Go. Put the skates on. So, yeah, but Sabres are on the ice at 11. All right. Well, what do we expect when they get on the ice, especially when it comes to roster management here? Um, with Tyson Jost waived. I think we find out later today what happens with him. Tage Thompson's going to come off the non-roster list. Can you kind of just encapsulate for everybody what's going on and what to look out for here in the next, I guess, 24 hours? Yeah, if Tage Thompson does come off the non-roster list, then another player has to go on waivers. Um, I would think it's either Eric Comrie or Victor Olofsson. My guess is Comrie. Um, you know, they need to put an end to this three goaltender thing. And uh, quite honestly, I would be very, very surprised if somebody picked up Comrie on waivers. I think he would still be in the Sabres organization if they're worried about that. Um, I mean, Ronta went on waivers for Carolina. Nobody picked him up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I, I, I don't think if, if the worry is they're going to lose their third goalie. And right now, after two seasons of Eric Comrie, I don't see a whole big difference between him and Dustin Tokarski anyway, you know, who is the guy in Rochester who would, if for whatever reason Comrie is no longer with the organization, would become, become your number three. And I think Eric Comrie was supposed to be better, should have been better, whether it's injuries whatever the circumstances are, but it just, for two, over her season and a half, it just has not worked at all for the Sabres. So if he were, if they were to lose him, I think they'd be no better or worse having Tukarski as their number three. That's a good, that's a good point, Paul, because now that I'm looking, Tukarski was not in a, it wasn't that long ago he was in a Sabre uniform. Um, 38 starts for the Sabres, he had a 901 save percentage, and Comrie sitting on an 881 in two seasons. So, and again, that's not so long ago that you couldn't, I think, reasonably use that. I had a little time with the Penguins. I don't have it in front of me uh, last year, too. Yep. Um, Yeah, only played four games, but same thing. Like, 
fine. He wasn't that good. But yeah. the I, I was wondering when thinking about Comrie and Jost, you know, being waived, they're kind of stacking up big salaries for the AHL club. And I, yeah, I was wondering are. about that as, a, as an element here. Yeah, that's not – Another 1.8, if right? If Comrie yeah. – yeah. Gets waived and goes to Rochester. I'm looking at his cap friendly page. It's another one point eight million of this year's salary that goes down to Rochester. Exactly. Or if they if another AHL team needs a goaltender and they loan him there, uh, because Rochester does have two. So if, if that were to happen, but still you're paying that money into the American Hockey League. So uh, it, you already have Stillman down there. I mean, you, who, who's making over a million? You've got. You know, Jost that's on his way down there. You got Bryson down there at, uh, yeah. uh, I don't have my computer open. It's 1819, something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that all just adds up. Uh, that That's what you're paying these guys to be in Rochester. And I, I've been kind of waiting on this. I wanted to get to around the half point of the season before I made a judgment on this. And we're, we're about there. We're not quite there, but almost. And it's just become very evident to me what what has happened here i mean kevin adams has done a very nice job of drafting drafting young talent reorganizing the organization to getting the rotten apples out and to get good human beings in here who are pretty good at hockey i mean he's done all those good things but when it's come it just seems like all right you've drafted you've developed now you're on to the next phase of what you need to do, and it just seems like he, he wasn't up for that task this past off season. Um, he seems he, he was banking on that this is our team. This is our team we're going to win with, and they're going to just keep getting better, and it just hasn't happened. They're young players, and most of them regressed. Very few players on this roster have gotten better and for this season. So, of course, the season has regressed. And basically all he did was try to strengthen the very, very bottom of the roster and the guys who you could call up if you need somebody, the depth type of guys. The, you know, they have a bunch of uh, veteran AHL defensemen down there they could call up, including Stillman, Bryson. Uh, the, that list goes on down there. They, they picked up Clifton and, and Eric Johnson – but they ignored the fact that they need a top four defenseman. And they they went after their number five, six, and seven slots. And, you know, didn't didn't strengthen the team there. They ignored the fact that Jack Quinn's gonna be gone until the middle of December. And they did absolutely nothing to, to do to help the forwards. Uh, they they just you know, they signed Tyson Jost to a free agent contract who basically when everybody's healthy, isn't even in your lineup. I mean, the, other than other than Clifton, you basically signed a bunch of guys who probably shouldn't be in your lineup unless you unless you have injuries. And that was his. That was those were his moves. That's what he decided this team needed to do to get better. And I think being a not young, but being a first-time GM really showed. In this last off season, he made a lot of mistakes, and you know now, now it looks like the Sabers, unless they go on this grand, crazy winning streak or something, mm-hmm. are going to miss the playoffs for a thirteenth year, and it's just going to be a wasted year because you had an inexperienced GM 
trying to move this team forward. He did a good job of getting it to a certain place, but he showed us last offseason he didn't know how to move this team forward. What is the situation with Tyson Jost? Explain that as well when things happen here, and I wouldn't expect anybody to pick him up for $2 million. Yeah, if he gets claimed, uh, obviously he's gone and you're off the hook. But if not, then uh, he goes down to the American Hockey League. They don't have to send him down there, but they actually do because they're in a a roster crunch. I mean, they don't have to by rule, but since they're in a roster crunch, they absolutely will have to send him down to Rochester or a team and loan him to a team in the American Hockey League. Paul, when does that happen? When do we find out? Two o'clock. Okay. Two o'clock, and then yesterday, Paul, the Tage Thompson and the non-roster list. Do, do we? I don't even know if I had heard of that list, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think we know exactly what's happening. But what do we know? I guess on, Green, on Tage. Greenway was on that list too. Okay. Um, when it comes to personal things, I don't pry. If Tage right. Thompson would like to tell us and make mm-hmm. it public, that is his business, and I've always felt that way and respected that with players. When it comes to personal things. Uh, that's their business, and if they wish to share it, they can. If they don't, uh, so uh, I, I I usually just leave that alone. Do we? But do we know if we expect him back today, or what's that situation? They all that Don Granado said yesterday was there's a there's a you know a, a possibility he will be back to play on Saturday. He did not okay. practice yesterday. Uh, I'll let you know in about 20 minutes or less. You know if he's going to practice today. But, um, you know, that, that's the situation there. But he does not count against the 23-man roster until he comes back. And that's why I said, you know, once he does come back, they have to waive another player unless somebody gets hurt in practice today. Do you have a – we don't know yet because I know they haven't practiced, but do you have a guess at what they might do if he's unavailable again? Because last game it was Jost that just went into the lineup, and he, of course, has been waived. Do you think they would move things around, somebody playing center that hasn't been? How do you think that might go? Well, I think it was Jost, and I think it was a huge coaching mistake. I, I understand what Don Granato was thinking. I get it. That, all right, you've already disturbed one line with Thompson not being here. Let's not disturb two. My thought was, why isn't Krebs up there? I mean, Tyson right. Jost, he's he's a better player when he's playing with Kyle Oposo. He, he can't be on a line with you know Skinner and tuck that's just not the player he is Krebs can do that that's that's the kind of player he basically was until there was no room for in the top six in Buffalo and he had to kind of dig out a new role for himself and and uh, you know he did trying to be a a checking type uh, forward but we we know what a nifty passer he is he does have a lot of offensive skill and I just think it was a missed opportunity to give him a chance up there just because you didn't you had two games where you played pretty well and you didn't want to disturb two lines. I think you almost had to. Well, you've lost to the Bruins and you didn't play well at all, so I don't think disturbing lines is going to matter. So if he doesn't play, my guess is probably maybe Casey Middlestat would go back there, Mm -hmm. even though he, Greenway, and Benson, for the most part, have been very good uh, as a line since they've been put together since Greenway returned. Uh, Or put Krebs up there. It's as simple as that. I mean, if Thompson's – you've got – you know, Gergensen's coming back, uh, so he can play the middle with Oposo. And let's say you would dress Eric Robinson and, and you would have a, a line like that. But uh, my idea would be do what you should have done the first time, but Krebs there. Paul, how do you feel like Darlene's been playing lately? He's been getting points. He's been okay. 
you know, in order for the Buffalo Sabres to be a very good team, I think Rasmus Dahlin has to be a dominant player. He has to dominate. Not just be good, he has to dominate. Um, you know, the, the overtime goal against the Rangers. You know, they one of the reasons Lukanen, before he got sick, was doing very well is he could count on that backside help so he could stay with a shooter. Did he get pulled out of the net a little bit? Yes, but it didn't really matter because he, you know, he's thinking I've got backside help there, and he has for the most part this year. They've they've actually covered that play very well and made sure that backdoor guy doesn't get the get the tap in, so Lukanen can worry about the shooter coming down or who was advantage at. Well, Dalene was there; he was standing there, and we see way too much of that from the Buffalo Sabres this year, where they're standing next to the guy they should be covering. And if, if he just lifts Kreider's stick or covers him like he's supposed to, the, you know, the, the game goes on. There isn't an overtime goal there, and he, he just didn't do it. So, you know, that, and he also was on the ice for most of the goals the other night. Uh, they were mostly power play goals, but uh, mm-hmm. in, in the loss to the Boston Bruins. And again, didn't, didn't look all that good. So, yeah, the points there, yeah. But, uh, I don't think he's been dominant by any means. Um, some news from the Sabres, Paul, in the last minute. They have sent Ryan Johnson down to Rochester and have activated Tage Thompson from the okay. non-roster list. You um, your your immediate take on that, Johnson being the one wow. that gets sent down. And again, Paul, does it look like Comrie's just going to remain on the roster? That's crazy. I mean, that, that has to be a paper move, I would think. Uh, to, to let Thompson get into practice, possibly. Uh, my guess is that he might not even make it to Rochester because waivers don't happen till 2 o'clock. So um, if, if he actually does go down to Rochester, they don't have an extra defenseman. And they, you know, they have a home game, then they're heading on the road for three games. So I can't imagine they would head to the road with just 60. Even though they're close, they'd be in Montreal and Columbus and Pittsburgh. They wouldn't be that far away. But, um, see, that's to me just – if he goes to Rochester and it stays that way, that's just ridiculous that – make a decision. And that's another thing. Make a decision. I understand the Sabres have a bunch of very, very good human beings in their locker room, and I understand how you would get attached to them. But if – Johnson actually does go to Rochester and stays there. That's just ridiculous. You've, I, I don't know why you're clinging to Victor Olison or or to Comrie. It's it's just not working, and that to me is a inexperienced. If it's if it's if it's just a for today to get through today, that's fine. Um, but. Make a decision. Paul, a rare 5 o'clock home game tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, it is. Uh, gets people, uh, you know, it's not New Year's Eve quite yet. Yep. But Ottawa's doing the same thing. 6 o'clock game in Ottawa on New Year's Eve. So it's New Year's Eve weekend where mm-hmm. people are going to be busy. So I think maybe get them, into, get them into the arena early and get them out early. And it's against a team that just beat this club 9-4 to 10 days ago. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see what kind of pride shows up for the Buffalo Sabres on Saturday night. Yeah, quickly to wrap here, Paul, we were looking at the schedule right before you came on. This is the first of a stretch here where 
I think it's eight of the next nine they play against teams that are not in a playoff spot. Six are at home. Like, so I, I have no problem with anyone already thinking that the season is over, um, given where they are in the standings. But man, if they don't, they're going to need basically a crazy run. And I don't know. Seems like a, a, as good a time to do it as ever. Yeah, you got to What did you say? Eight games. I think it's eight of their next yeah. nine are against teams not in a playoff yeah, you, spot. You got to come out of there with six, seven wins. Got to. Mm-hmm. You, you just have to. You. you I mean, the, these four games coming up, all four are winnable games. I'm almost to a point where saying you got to win all four. At, at, at worst, go 3-0-1. I mean, that's basically what you have to do. That, that is the position you have put yourselves as an organization in. Sabres, Blue Jackets tomorrow, 5 p.m. Puck drop downtown, 4 o'clock pregame here on WGR. Paul, I know you got work to do now with the uh, Sabres moves that are happening today. We'll let you go do that. Thanks for joining us today. Sounds good. Talk to you guys. Take All right. Care. Paul can be found on Twitter at PHAM1717 and, of course, WGR550.com. We'll take a timeout. We'll kind of banter that around. And a Bills roster move that we may be expecting. We'll give you some insight on that. And we got Sean McDermott coming up after the 11 o'clock hour here on WGR. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Here in the break, we're talking about the moves that the Sabres just made, and the Bills are kind of in a similar spot, and I'll explain, but you just don't get this, do you? I don't get it at all. I mean, basically, my thought on it is this team talked all about how they didn't want to block players' developments right up until the moment where you had to make a tough decision to accomplish that. It was easy to not block development for Dylan Cousins and Jack Quinn and J.J. Paterka when you had all kids on the roster. Now that you've signed some veterans and you have to have to actually make a tough decision to not block a development of a Ryan Johnson, or they might even be doing it with guys in Rochester already. And now you can't wave Eric Comrie because you're why? I just he's the one I don't get it with. I don't get why he needs to be on the roster. In case you're wondering and you missed it, the Sabers have loaned Ryan Johnson to Rochester and activated Tage Thompson from the non-roster list. So Paul's on it. He's down at the arena. We'll figure out what is up with that. In the meantime, the Bills have a roster decision coming. At some point, they have an extra guy, an extra spot, I should say, and that could mean Daquan Jones activated. Let's talk about the mechanics of that and head coach Sean McDermott on the other side of the next time out here. The 11 o'clock hour, we'll have Sean McDermott have a full hour of the Extra Point Show coming your way here on a Buffalo Football Friday. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.